Welcome to Harvest Valley Worship Center's Sermon of the Week. You can discover more about our church, pastors, and special guests at hvwc.com. We hope that you are blessed by today's message. That was a song written by Pete Townsend, who was the co-founder of The Who. That song went to number, it was in the top 10 in, in 1980. And everybody thought he was, they were singing that, they thought they were singing about a girl, chasing a girl. He actually wrote that, he wrote that, God chasing us and wanting us to let him open the door of our heart with his love, that he's the one we need. It was in what they, he even says, in the spiritual time of his life, because then in 1986, he almost took his own life with overdose on drugs. So apparently he didn't let the love into his heart as much as he should have. But it just keeps, it still keeps, God keeps giving me these songs that were some, were seen as secular songs. And everybody listened to them. I mean, they were played on top billboard things all the time. So he was speaking into our life all the time, even when we didn't know it. You know, he gives me those ones like that that I can do, but then there's a couple other ones that he gave me that kind of made me stop in my tracks. One of them was uh, by Stevie Wonder, part-time lover. And he's saying that's not what he wants. There's a lyric in there that says, We're strangers by day and lovers by night. If I'm with my friends, we should meet. Just pass me by. Don't even speak. We need to show him all the time. More so with our friends than by ourselves. Or anybody else around us. The second one he gave me was, another one was uh, by Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It's, it's Refugee, and it says, you know, you don't have to live like a refugee. The definition of a refugee is a person who has been forced to leave their country in order to escape war, persecution, or natural disaster. That's kind of the way this world is right now but we're not supposed to act like refugees that have been displaced. We're the ones that own this place because he gave it to us. We're supposed to be bringing heaven to earth, not acting like a refugee that's been displaced. So I told you that Chris and Mika were down there. We didn't actually find out till Thursday that we were doing this. And Dennis didn't think he wanted to do worship and communion and preach. I don't know why. So I, I've been, we've been doing a lot of traveling. Mike and I have been going around and, and uh, putting, chasing God. Let's put it that way. We were doing things that we went to the barge and we went down to Utah and then I've been missing on the weekends because I was, uh, last week I uh, did my son's wedding. I was the one that married them. So I'd been spending the weekends helping him fix his house too, so that they could have people at his house. 
to get everything. So it's been a very busy, busy summer. And uh, so I was sitting there after Thursday, and I'm like, man, what, what, you know, I, I know I've got a lot of these things, and, and Holy Spirit, what am I? And I said, well, where have you been? What have you been doing? Let everybody know what you've heard and what you're doing. Share what, you, what I've given you everywhere that you've been. And I went, oh, that's kind of unique. Why don't I do that? So that's what I'm going to try and do here, and hopefully I can put it together so that you can get something out of this. Um, before I start that, Micah sent a message a little bit ago to me about uh, the lady that she's working. She's out at Hickey Farms right now selling her nails and doing the, the craft thing. But I have my, my purple shoes, my purple shirt, and my purple tie in my hair because my wife loves purple. So she's with me. But she sent him about praying for, Shirley's the lady with her, her I think it's her brother-in-law or her sister's friend that he's had COVID, he's been on a ventilator, they tried to take it out, and they had to put him back on it. So he'd ask if we'd pray for that. And if there's anybody else in here that has somebody, that, and another one was I've been doing, did a little bit of work at uh, Rick and Rose Young's the other day, and their neighbor from Washington was there working on the place next to him, and his son had a diabetic seizure this week. So I just want to pray for both of them before we get going for healing. So if there's anybody else that you, a name that you have or somebody that needs healing, let's, let's do it now. If not, I'll just pray for these guys and just have you come in with me as we do it. Father, we just lift up Ronnie and get him off that ventilator. That ventilator isn't for him. I want him healed completely. His lungs, he'll be able to be pulled off the ventilator like nothing's ever happened, like he's back completely healthy. And you heal everything in him, Father. Spiritually, emotionally, physically, completely heal him from head to toe. And for the young man who had the diabetic seizure, I say diabetes, go away. Be gone. Be completely gone. He will not have it anymore. He won't have to take insulin. He won't have any more trouble with it. Just like the centurion, we have the faith that we preach about it right here and we ask for it and you'll heal it over there. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Okay, let's see what I can do here. I can keep you sitting for an hour. I'm not sure what that'll do. Um, we made those trips... I'd seen Bobby Connor years ago, and my wife knew it, and she knew that we'd tried a couple times to go see him again, so it just happened to be when he was going to be down there at Shannon Schreier's church, so we went to see him down there, and that man just blows me away. Uh, I'll get into that a little bit when we get in here further, but. One of the things about the wedding was I, I kept... My son knows who Jesus is. His fiance was raised Mormon, but doesn't do any of that. And I think they asked me to marry him because they thought it was the safest way to go. You didn't have to have a pastor or anybody else that was going to be up there. But like I'd said to most of you before, if they thought I wasn't going to do some preaching while I was up there, they were mistaken. 
So I was able to do that. The only mistake I made to begin with is I didn't have everybody sit down after they all came in, but they figured that out. I'm sitting there starting to preach, and all of a sudden the whole church sits down. It's like, whoosh! And I went, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess you can sit down now. The bride's up here. The hardest part was the emotion of seeing your son watch his bride walk up the aisle. We're sitting there, and I said, dude, you can't cry. I have to read. But to see them both, and then she, her dad got sick that morning and had to leave, so he wasn't there to walk her down the aisle. Her stepdad was there. They later went to Missoula where they'd taken him to the hospital, and they, uh, they dressed up in, their, in her gown again, and, and he dressed up in his suit so that he could see them. <sighs> the presence of God is so amazing in here today that I'm having a hard time. Not that I don't have a hard time every time I'm up here, but. Oh. So it was an amazing weekend. It was good to see all my kids there and all my brothers there and just fellowship and let them see a side, most of them, a side of me that they've never seen before. They've never seen me preach, they've never seen me up there. So it was awesome for them to see. They've heard about it, but they've never seen it. And to have so many people come up and say, you know, thank you, and how good it was. It was amazing. Okay, let me get into this. I really think this time right now, the time we have, we need to move. We need to be moving forward. We need to be going. We, we need to not just be sitting still. It's a, you know, you've heard Esther 4.14 preached a lot, you know. Who knows, this is just the end of it, who knows but that you've come to your royal position for such a time as this. I truly believe we're in that right now. And we are royalty. And he's put us in this position to bring more people to him. To bring people to him now. Not for it to to wait and to go longer. Um, and that's a lot of what Bobby Connor spoke about too. He's changed what he, the way he preaches since I saw him 15 years ago. He did a lot of individual prophetic statements to everybody and line you up and he'd give you a prophetic word. This time, I don't think he gave anybody one specifically. His push this time was, you guys can do everything that I can do because you have the same thing in you that I do. And to watch somebody like that tell you that is overwhelming. To think that you can do everything and more than what he can do because you have the same thing in you. And at the end of the Saturday, Sunday, he actually did uh, had us hold our hands out and he said he's placing his anointing in our hands and he had to put our hands on our head so that we could accept everything that he had to go out and do what we need to do. 
Now, in that service, like I said, he didn't physically give prophetic words, and he didn't call out any, any healing things, which I've seen him do, and he has stories that you wouldn't believe. But Micah was completely healed Saturday night from bipolar depression. She hasn't taken, she hasn't taken her medicine in a month. Nothing. She went completely off of it. And she couldn't, when I met her, she couldn't sleep without taking sleeping medicine. Literally could not, because she'd just stay awake. And then she'd go into a depressive state where she didn't want to be awake. And this last month, she hasn't had to take any of it. So then we come back here, and she gets delivered from all of her food allergies when Elizabeth is here. I'm going, wow, wow. So we're seeing a move. We want that move to keep going. We don't want it to stop. But that takes us. But I really think Elizabeth showed us that we can do it. Now granted, <laughs> I don't think I'll ever be able to do it the way she does. I've been with a lot of people doing treasure hunts and I've, I was blown away walking around with her in Walmart. But, but she shows you how easy it can be done. And that's what we need to do every day, all day. It says, uh, as Bobby was saying, he brought it up and, and I've heard it in here, you know, this may be the end times. You hear people talking about it all the time. This may be the end times. But this isn't a time to go and hide. This isn't a time to find a place up on the hills and go get away and, you know, save yourself. I've packed up all this stuff and I'm, you know, I'm good. I'm just going to go hide. Like he said, that should excite you. That should make you want to go and save and heal and deliver as many people as you can so that they all go to heaven. The harvest is huge right now. I can guarantee you, with the things that are going on in this world right now, people are looking for something. They just don't know what they're looking for yet until we tell them what it is. And invite them into what we already see. Then that comes back to that part-time lover part where you have to go do it. Not just when you're alone in your house, not just around here where it's safe. There's no limits to the power of God in a person. Absolutely no limits to the power of God in you. You can do more than any of these people can that you see. Because it's God in you that's doing it. It's not anybody else. Be open to opportunities. Have your eyes open. See what's around you. See what's going on. I'm first one to say I miss it. I don't always see it until after I, after I get back out in the car and I went, oh, you wanted me to pray for them, didn't you? Yeah, I felt like she had a headache and I just walked out to my car anyway. 
No, I should have stopped and laid hands on her and prayed for her. I don't care if there's a line of people behind her in the checkout lane. Stop and pray for the lady. I said, well, I'll pray for her out in the car now, God, because I think of, well, yeah, that's okay, and that's great, but maybe if you'd done it right there, it would have been better. Or the lady that goes, walks over to me at, at uh, Home Depot and goes, oh, you look like somebody to have jumper cables. I said, well, no, I don't. I can see, help you see if you can find. And I get into the store and he goes, wow, <laughs> you did it again. I put her right there, right in front of you. So we have to have our eyes open in this process too and see what's around us. To see what he's saying and who he's putting there. Do what God asks you to do. We are the manifested sons of God. Creation is groaning for us to realize who we are. We have to realize it. No one's going to do it for us. It'd be nice if they did. They can point it out, and you can have somebody point it out. Somebody can give you a prophetic word. But if you don't do something with that, it's just words. Be hungry enough to go beyond your comfort zone. To some of you, that means praying with people on the street. To me, that was 10 years ago, you told me I was going to walk up to somebody and pray for them. I'd have told you you were nuts. I'd have said, it's not happening. When Elizabeth's here, she had, uh, oh, I think of what her name was now. The younger, well, she wasn't younger. She was about her age. It was the one that was taking all the pictures. I can't think. We took her to the, to the airport. Desi. Desi was that way a year ago. Desi wouldn't pray for anybody in public. Desi wouldn't even touch anybody. But she's been with Elizabeth for a year, and it's amazing what she does now. We got to visit with her all the way down there to get the plane, and, and it was fun listening to her talk about making the move and things. She's had a lot go on in her life, but she's past that, and she's on fire, and she's ready to go out wherever Elizabeth goes. And I think it's, and I told her, I said, you know, it's not just going to be where Elizabeth goes. It's going to be where he sends you. You've grown so much. She's actually, I didn't realize that BSSM does uh, online school now. So she's taken all the courses online so that she can go through that too. So it's awesome to see people just want to grow. Next thing I want to talk about is be yourself. I don't preach like Chris because I'm not Chris. I don't preach like Bobby Connor because I'm not Bobby Connor. Do I love the way he preaches and do I love what he knows? Of course I do. But I have to do it the way God has made me to do it. And you all have to realize that too, that he's made you. We saw Shannon Schreier, we saw the Crohn's, 
we saw Bobby Connor, we saw Elizabeth Reisinger with when we were doing all this stuff, and they're amazing. But even if you look at those people, they're very different in how they preach and how they reach people. When we were down there, Bobby Connor literally is a walking Bible. He quoted from memory chapter and verse. We were there Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday, over 150 verses without looking at a Bible. And everything that comes out of his mouth, for the most part, unless he's telling one of his stories about his youth, is a Bible verse or connected to a Bible verse. I mean, it just blows me away. I mean, granted, he's been doing it 53 years, and he spends time every day in the Word and with God. I mean, you just listen to him when he tells the stories about things where he even argues with God. Of course, God always wins, but he always argues. like, you want me to do what? I mean, he was talking about the one time that he, uh, they were at a, <laughs> we told this one at core team, I think it was, they were at a convention thing about the prophetic. So he was up there and the guy introduced him, I can't remember who it was, introduced him and said, uh, you know, this is Bobby and, and God says, uh, I want you to give him a hickey. He's like, you want me to what? I want you to give him a hickey. And he goes, this is being telecast and recorded, and it's a guy. He goes, I want you to give him a hickey. So he leaned in when they, the guy they were like, we're going to give a hug, and he goes, I sucked this thing on his neck and let go. And I said, now what was that all about? And he goes, I wanted you to mark him for me. He goes, couldn't I just wrote it on his forehead? <laughs> He's going to ask you to do things that you're going to say, no, I don't think I want to do that. I'll look like a fool. But I'd rather be a fool for God than just a fool and do what he wants me to do. That's part of getting out of your comfort zone. So you go from Bobby doing all those scriptures all the way like that, and then Elizabeth was here. She probably quoted five verses the whole time she was here. Does she not know the Bible? No, she knows the Bible. She just preaches in a different way. She knows who he is. She's in contact with him just as much as Bobby is. So you have to see how he wants to connect with you. Um, in First uh, Corinthians twelve, it says, but it's in the I think it's verse seventeen and eighteen, maybe or eighteen and nineteen. It says, "God, but God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function." As he desires. Diversity is required, for if the body consisted of one single part, there wouldn't be a body at all. 
So now you see that there are many different parts and functions, but one body. We're unique because we all have a part to play. I mean, if we were all ears, it wouldn't get much done. We could hear all the time, but nothing else would get done. If we were all arms, nothing would get done. We have to play the part that he's doing. So I said, be yourself. Be the part that he's telling you to do. Maybe you're not the one that prays for him on the street, but maybe you're the one that sets it up so everybody can go pray on the street. Maybe you're the one that, in the background, figuring everything out for everybody else. Or maybe you're doing that and you're supposed to be the one out there because you're afraid to do it. Or maybe he's got a different plan for you. And you know it and don't want to do it. Huh. Think about that for a minute. Don't give up on yourself. And don't give up on God. If you're thinking, well, I don't know what part I play. I don't know who I am. Ask him. It's a relationship. Ask him. He hears you. He totally hears you. Believe in who you are and who he's made you to be. Everybody has so many unique parts, different ways that you can reach people, different, I don't know, it just, he's given you something that nobody else has to be able to reach people. You just have to tap into that and use it. It's like I said, if you don't know, spend time with him. Let him show you. Get in the Word. I mean, I'm, I was convicted after we came back that I need to be in it more than I am. Spend more time in it. And like Bobby Conrad said, write it down. The best way to memorize something, to remember something, is write it out. And he's totally against your Bible on your phone, I can tell you that. He goes, you need the page. You need to open it up and look at it and read it, and then mark it, and then write it down. That's probably why he can spit so many of them out. He's the one that on the Day of Atonement, this, this week, he was in Moravian Falls receiving prophetic words for this next year. He's been doing it for 27 years. He gets a visitation of the Lord and writes out the next year's, it's called the shepherd's rod that he does. He'll have it out by the end of the year. And he's done it for 27 years, and he... Not only can he do chapter and verse, but I think he can remember all of the, most of the prophetic words he's gotten that he's wrote in those books and can bring them back up and tell you about it. And how many of them were spot on? He called out COVID before it happened. It's in his book. We just need to listen. Like he says, and it says in there that, I'm not sure, see, I don't know what chapter and verse it is, that God won't do anything without telling his prophets first. We need people that are prophetic to start listening so that we can see what's coming. So we know where we're at. And listen to him.
It's like you said, the, the, the printed word that's in the Bible is a thought that God had that you can see. It's right there for you to see what it is. And it's alive. How many times have you read through something and you think you know the Scripture and then you read it again and a couple years later and it means completely different than what you've seen it the first time. The meaning comes in a different way. You're in a different spot and it's completely alive because it changes. He doesn't change, but His Word is alive and it keeps growing. The other thing I want to touch on is the voice of God. I keep telling you we need to listen, we need to hear. And there's so much out there right now about how do you hear God's voice. If you Google how to hear God's voice, (laughs) you'll have a couple hundred people telling you what you need to do to hear God's voice with formulas on how to do it. Formulas don't work. This is God. You need to be open to how He's going to speak to you. And that's new, And right now, you know, I can read this. What's this in Job? It says, I have this here somewhere. There it is. In Job 37.5, it says, God's voice thunders in a marvelous way. He does great things beyond our understanding. I think at this point right now, hearing God is easier than it's ever been. As long as you take Him out of the box. He can speak to you so many ways. I mean, I've been going through stuff and had bumper stickers speak to me. I've had signs on the road speak to me. I've had the songs... He keeps giving me all the time. And I sat one night. That's when I, got, when I got this one. Mike and I were watching a movie. I don't even know what it was. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, God, how long can you keep doing this? I mean, there's only so many songs. I'm like, you know, how? And that song came out, and I started singing it. And I went, whoa, listen to that. I went, okay, I get it. You can keep giving to me as long as I'm preaching. I'm good. You'll keep showing it. But he speaks through that. He speaks through what you see around you. He speaks through other people. If you think you need to physically hear his voice is the only way you can hear from him, you have put him in a box. And that's not going to work. You need to let him out. You need to let him out. We need to listen to Him in so many different ways. You need to do it with all of your senses. You can use your eyes and your ears. You need to use your mind, your emotions, your touch, your sense of smell, your surroundings. I mean, He's touched me in every one of those ways so many times. I mean, there's a, I can get a scent... And it'll take me right to him. I mean, I, 
I spent a lot of time driving back and forth when I lived in Montana. It was a half an hour drive into work, and I would spend time just praying to him or praying in tongues. And there's times that there would be a smell. I didn't even know what it is. I thought it was perfume, and I'm like driving down the middle of the highway, and I'm the only one in there, and I'm like, where did this come from? Just this pleasing aroma that's in the car. I'm like, holy moly. And you want me to keep driving? How am I going to get to work? And lots of times, I, I honestly can tell you, most of the time I didn't remember. I, I, that's probably a bad thing, but I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> a half an hour with him just cruising in on the highway to go to work. Because I just spent time listening to what he was saying or trying to. And I can honestly tell you that the more you listen, the more you'll hear. Ask him. Speak to me. The only thing is, don't keep saying, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. After you say speak to me, give him some time to speak to you. Let him work on you. Let him show you. Let him be with you. Let him open the door to your heart. Let him climb in. Let him be in there. And as Chris has been saying, declutter. Take everything out of there that isn't, that's in the way. Take all the noise out. You know, some people can do it, and I can too. I know Dennis can. It's just sit in a quiet place and just spend time with him. Some people can't do that. But you still need to take the clutter out. You need to somehow shut off all the worries, all the things that's going on in the day, all the things that have happened and just sit there and listen to what he's saying. Try not to, and I'm not saying that you don't have to worry about things. I'm thinking you have to take part of the day and do that. If you listen to some of these guys, and it, it oh, Benny, I know, what was it? I can't think of what the, which one it was now, but when he was first, I think it was actually Benny Hinn, maybe it was one of the others. When they were first actually became Christians, they would say, they would spend eight hours a day locked in their rooms. Granted, most of us don't have time to do that right now, but that's also why he's telling you to have a day of rest. And do it on one day a week. I know that Micah has got more out of Mondays now. She, she does her day of rest from her Sabbath from Sunday afternoon until Monday afternoon. And then usually Monday night is our date night. So she does nothing Sunday and into Monday. She's able to do that. Most people don't have that capacity, but you need to take some time to just be with him. I'm working on it. Paul keeps me so busy I can't, but I'm working on it. Or John. Was it him? One of the two. But we need to take the time to just sit there and listen to him. You'd be amazed at, at how close you can get and what you can feel. I mean, I, I, like I said, we've been gone. I feel bad for being gone because I miss you guys. But what we've seen is just amazing. And what having Elizabeth come here and what we've seen, 
And, and that when I got up to come up here, I really wasn't sure I'd be able to preach just because of the presence that's here. I was feeling it as soon as Dennis, I was feeling it before Dennis even started. We were praying up here and I'm like, whoa, I, I'm whoa. But that's part of feeling with your spirit, feeling him wherever he's at and being able to take him with you wherever you go and keeping your eyes open when you're there. Listening is one of the hardest things we do. It's much easier to speak than it is to listen. But I can also tell you that the word listen is in the Bible 278 times. So I'm thinking it's something he wanted us to learn how to do. That's just my thought. That he'd want us to be able to not only listen to him, but how do you minister to somebody if you can't listen to them? If you can't sit there and listen to what they have and what's going on, how can you minister to them? Yes, he's going to give you words of knowledge and he's going to give you stuff, but sometimes they just need somebody to listen. Somebody to hear what they're going through. Somebody to, to touch what they're ha- what's happening in their life. And once you start doing that, you'll be amazed at how many people just pick you out, and start telling you their life. Mike and I have conversations with people all the time in the store. In the Maybe they see Jesus in or what it is, but they, they'll stop and download right on top of you. When you take the time and listen to them, hear what they have. If you've got time to go to the store, you've got time to listen. When I came here six years ago, I came over here because Micah was here. And after listening to what people had had said about this place and, and seeing the changes in her and how she'd healed as far as she had, and then I just listened to the needs that she had. And I've seen her blossom like you wouldn't believe. You know, I really haven't planned on going into anything about marriage, but it's huge. You need to listen to each other. You need to... I was telling my son and his, his new wife, marriage isn't 50-50. You hear that all the time. Marriage is 110, 110. You've got to give more than 100% if you want a marriage to work. And I told them that. I said, you need to put everything into it and more. And when you think you've done enough, try again. And I, can, I say that, and I've been married three times. So. But I know what I did wrong, and I can see what I did wrong the first two times. And that was <laughs> unique. I'm marrying my son and his fiance uh, and my ex-wife sitting right there in their audience. And I'm preaching about how you're supposed to do marriage. 
And Mike asked me, and she goes, did that bother you? I said, no. I said, because I know where I'm at now. I didn't even know that she was there. And we actually pray for our exes all the time, for them to find somebody like we did. The other thing, when, when they got up there, and I realized that her dad hadn't walked her up the aisle, and she's getting up there, and she was already teary-eyed. Marriage is about being, ad- being able to adapt to what's happening. You have no idea what's coming next, but you have to be able to get through it and adapt. And when you have God in your heart, it makes it easier to adapt. And when you're worried more about them than you are yourself, it makes it way easier to adapt. I asked them if they wanted to do their own, their own vows and read them, and they looked at me and they went, we'll write our vows, but we're going to give them to each other separately. I said, that's fine, as long as you're writing vows. Give them to them. So we did some, I just used some of the somewhat generic, I added to it and changed it around. But in my vows, one of the things that you have to look for the little things, not only in marriage, but in relationships, The little things mean everything. You don't really realize one little thing you do for somebody could be huge on their side. In our vows, one of the things we joked about and I put in mind was that I'd I'd keep the magic sink working. She hates dishes. She hates to do dishes. So she just piles them all in there and magically they're all done when she comes back. Because she hates to do that. Do I love it? No, but I know that she hates it. So I do it. It's been really hard because we've been having the, I go, I'm kind of on rabbit trails here, but the kids there and having them do chores, trying to get them responsible and doing stuff. So they're, when they're there, one of the kids is supposed to be on kitchen duty. And I have a really hard time when they leave the sink full of dishes. I'm like, uh, I know that Micah hates those and she doesn't like that but I'm supposed to let them do their job and do the dishes. Never thought I'd be that way about dishes. Matter of fact, I can guarantee you my mom never thought I'd be about that way. <laughs> also, in, when I was doing in marriage, is that you need to communicate. But communication is huge in everything. I told him, I said, you know, one of the, the biggest things that breaks up couples is money. And the second biggest thing is communication about money. Money is supposed to work for us, not be a problem for us. And I can honestly say we've been blessed in what we're doing now and being able to do what we do. Granted, John just wanted help with one job almost two years ago, and I'm still working for him, but it's been a blessing to be able to do it and a blessing to bless people that we work for. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm praying for the place when we're doing it and the people we're doing it for. Most of the people are Christians that we work for anyway, so it's, it's awesome in that way. But to be able to touch them with what you're able to do. So it gets back to God gives us these talents. 
He doesn't give it to us just to make money. Yes, that works too, but he gives it to us to bless people with it. To completely bless people. We should be blessing people all the time. So I told Micah, she's like a, a walking blessing lately, just taking on people. She's going to do another healed healers class. They have people that she has never put that out anywhere, but through here and through the through the mouth. And she has a class starting in October that's got 12 women in it. That's another thing is he will walk you through stuff because he wants you to use that to heal the other people who are trying to walk through it. She is good at what she does because she went through it. She was at the bottom. She'll tell you she was ready to kill herself and had it all planned out a few times. But God said, if you'll let me take my hand, if you'll let me take you through this, I'll help you pull more people out of it. And she does an amazing job of it. And actually, we're going to make a trip, Charlene and Anna Lee and Lisa and me. Who else is in there? Mika, Darcy. So pray for me. I'm, I'm going to Yakima with six women to learn how to do some more inner healing. I may need inner healing when I get back. Or they'll have me so inner healed that I won't know what to do, one of the two. But it's things like that. And don't be afraid. You know, people always say that, get like us, leaving and going and do that stuff. If you've got a chance to chase God where you think he's at and something you're going to learn, do it. This house will always be here for you to come back to. But if there's something that you see that you want to go and you think you can feel his presence better there, go do it. Bring it back. Go listen to who has it. Bring it here and share it. I mean, right now, I'm, I'm, it's been funny because Mike has heard me talk about Bobby Connor and Moravian Falls and all these different places. And we get done on, on Utah and we're driving back home. She goes, where is Moravian? I said, it's in North Carolina. She goes, I think we need to make a trip there. I went, yes. It's catching. It's It's contagious. When you have him and you feel him, you want more. Just like you saw the song, you want more and more. You can't, you can't stop. You want to just continue to feel that. We've been talking about, uh, we were praying for somebody the other night and they've, just, they've, they've been in a little bit of turmoil and a little bit of things going on. And, and, and I think... I remember who was talking and preaching about rest, but oh, it was Micah when she did the communion talk last time she was up here. We're supposed to be at rest all the time. We're supposed to be able to operate from a place of rest. Get everything done that we needed to get done in a place of rest. I haven't figured it out yet. Micah's getting pretty close. 
And there's always going to be things that, that come in that change it, but we need to be able to just relax. The other thing, last thing here, I won't keep you here too long, um, is I really think this is a time that we need to redeem things we've lost. Little things, big things, dreams, anointings, whatever it is, we need to get it back. And you need to pray about it. If there's something you've lost, I mean, even little things. Pastor Chris lost his keys last week. Couldn't find them anywhere. He put it on the, the core team chat before he left to go down to, uh, to keep praying for where his keys were at. And I got on there and I said, God, you know exactly where those keys are at. Make them appear in Jesus' name. They're driving down to Mountain Home. They stop at a rest stop in Oregon and they can't lock the car. The key fob won't lock the car. Because his keys are in the car. In the bag that he'd looked at 20 or 30 times and couldn't find them. In the pocket that he usually puts them in and has looked in and couldn't find them. And that's where they were at yesterday when they found them. I'm telling you, pray for things that you think are gone for them to happen now. Dreams that you have that you think he gave to you, they're coming. Or have somebody you pray for them. It's time to redeem what the enemy has tried to take away. It's time to bring it back now, more than ever. You know, I'd love to see these, these chairs all filled, but to me, that's not the biggest thing is if I see somebody saved out on the street. Wherever they go from that, hopefully they come in here or they can connect with another church. I just want to see them saved and knowing what we, can, what we feel, what we have. I mean, I can't stress that enough. There was one, Bobby Connor tells a story about, and I didn't realize I started telling the story down there in Utah, and the guy said, it's actually a story they use at BSSM. I don't know if you did or not, but it was about him losing his, a knife. He'd lost a knife. It was like his grandfather's knife or something, and he was on an airplane, and he got it out for somebody to use it or whatever, and he forgot it and lost it. And he got to the motel, and he's like, God, that was that meant a lot to me. It really, I, he goes, I want it back in Jesus' name, and dropped it out of the sky and landed on the bed. I'm telling you, don't put him in a box. Do not put him in a box. He can do way more than any of us can even imagine. In any way. And don't think that he can just do it. To you as a as a person. I mean, I spend time working on cars and doing carpentry. I'm I am continually praying and say, hey, I don't see how this works. Can you help me? Show me what's going on. He knows all of it. He knows every part of it. I always laughed because there was a oh, I might be able to think of what his name was. He was the, the singing prophetic. I can't think of it. Dick. Uh, what his last name was. He was from Boise. And he'd walk around with his guitar and he'd prophetically sing your prophecy to you as he went around. I don't even know if he's still alive. 
got to be in his 80s now or 90s. But one of the things he said is he drove an old, an old car, had over 300,000 miles on it, and he goes, I pray for it every time I get into it. And that's why John laughs at mine because the white one that I drive once in a while, it's got about 300,000 miles. He goes, How, when are you going to quit trusting that? And I said, when God tells me it's time to get rid of it. And I literally put my hand on the dashboard and say, thank you, God, for keeping this running, for getting me where I need to go and what you want me to do. So don't think that he can't fix everything in your life. Every single thing. All right, so kind of put this together. One, start listening to God, however that looks for you. But start listening to God. Whatever you need to do that. Two, be yourself. Be who he made you to be. You don't need to be like anybody else. You need to be who you are. You are unique. You are specific. He's given you what you need to do to survive and what you need to do to bring other people into this. He's already done it. And three, keep moving like we're doing right now. Keep moving forward. More than ever, keep moving forward. Let's have you all stand and I'll pray over you quick. Actually, what I do first is I want you to back up. If you're in the chair, just back up to your feet right against the thing. And then on, on a count of three, I want you to take a step forward and say, I'm moving. One, two, three, I'm moving. You prophetically just took a step into what he wants you to do. And you've done it in the physical, which means a lot in the spiritual. You've actually activated it by doing that. Father, I just thank you for this amazing group here, and I just thank you for the opportunity to speak. And I just thank you for just blessing each one of them. And I just pray that you just fill them up. That they'll get, they'll get tired of hearing you because you'll be speaking to them so much through dreams, through signs, through music, through however you do it. I pray that you just fill them so full that, that all they can do is hear you and just continually hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Harvest Valley Worship Center is called to be a refuge for healing and a launch pad for transformation. If this message impacted you today, please let us know in a comment, or you can email us at media at hvwc.com. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to connecting with you.